Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast and welcome back, Lara. See, see, it is possible to talk to you after a good result, Lara. It, I don't always just have to bring yeah. you on as some kind of like... No. Har- harbinger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go, get her on, get her on and like dig, yeah. in, dig out Antonio Conte. Well, I mean, we can dig out Antonio Conte later, but for now, yeah. let's, keep this on a, let's keep this on a positive. You, you were there, weren't you? You were there this weekend. How, how was, was it? It was so good. Um, it just it feels it, fe- it just feels like a weight has lifted off the club. I think you know it's obviously been a really shitty few years, as we've you know discussed on here previously. <laughs> and I think you know over the summer we had all this toing and froing of who's the manager going to be, and it was you know Nagelsmann, then Arnie Slot, and then kind of Ange came out of nowhere and. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't didn't know too much about him. Um, but I think, do you know what? I just think it's it's what we needed. And actually, as I don't really want to even give him the, the airtime, to be honest. But with, you know, that guy going to Chelsea. Um, and, you know, again, as heartbroken as I am, obviously, over Kane going. Um, and I don't kind of want to harp on about that either. I think those two things have really drawn a line under that you know I think for years we've been sort of just looking back at that 2019 season you know the last season at Hart Lane everything yeah all that potential that was there that seems to be wasted and it feels like all we've been able to do is kind of look back at that and go oh but what if we were so close if we just did this just did that I feel like those two things have really kind of closed a door on that era and there's no choice now but to look forward and with Ange, I am really looking forward because I just, yeah, I mean, the whole atmosphere, it, it is, it, it just feel everything feels lighter. I feel like, you know, everyone has now got something to get behind, which is just exactly what we needed, really. So, yeah, really, really positive first home game with Ange and, yeah, loved it. I, I dare say if we have a few more results and a few more performances, importantly, like we had this weekend, well, actually, I don't know, perform- it's, it's, they go hand in hand, don't they? Really, results and performances, because we would we would yeah. have been a very different conversation if we'd have played like that, but lost three two on the weekend. So let's let's kind of yeah. k- k- keep it all in one place. But the the thing I do like about about Ange really is that because I agree entirely with what you're saying there. It it does feel like, and I, I I've been resentful of the idea that we need to get rid of Kane or that we need to move mm. past Pochettino in the past you know because I felt like he would have been a good fit to bring back all that type of thing but yeah I've been resentful of the idea that we need to pull off the plaster and just kind of get on with it and now that we have done that I can see yeah I mean I get it now because I get I get entirely what you're saying we don't have those kind of 
lingering doubts, those lingering what ifs, that whole kind of, you know, whatever it is, close but no cigar, ever the bridesmaids, mm. whatever other metaphors you want to put onto it. Tottenham are now just a completely new team. Like I was saying on here a, a couple of episodes ago, one of my mates, a Chelsea fan, was like, I have literally no idea who any of your players are anymore. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that's, it's quite nice though. You know, it's quite yeah. nice to be in that place. Cause I can't, feel I, the same about them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, but, it's it's got a bit of the sort of, uh, to me, it's got a bit of the sort of yol, early Yol era vibe about 100%, it. 100%. 100% that in that it's exciting. And I think we have every right to be like, oh, this is good. This is promising. But equally, and I'm not putting a down, I'm not putting a down on this at all. Unlike yeah. it was with Mourinho or Conte, where I was thinking like, well, we've got one of these two in charge and we've got Harry Kane and blah, blah, blah. We should mm. be in the conversation to try and win the Premier League. Now with yeah. Ange, as exciting and as brilliant as the football was and as great as that result was, and I've joked about it on Twitter, but you know, isn't that what Twitter's for? I'm not sat here <laughs> thinking like, oh, maybe actually we'll win the league. I'm not yeah. even thinking about what we... I'm just enjoying no. it. I'm just enjoying the football, you know? Exactly. I think it's... You're absolutely right. I said this on uh, one of our WhatsApp groups a few few weeks ago, so I'm kind of in hand with the Poch and Kane thing. There's been that sort of relentless pressure because we have been nearly there. Every season, it's like, right, we've got to hit the ground running because we've got to be challenging for the league this year and we've got to get top four or we're going to lose Kane. And, you know we don't want to break the streak of Arsenal finishing below us and all of that. So, you know, the worst has happened. Yeah. We've lost Kane. We've, you know, we're not in Europe this season. Arsenal finished above us last season and could have, thank God, didn't, but could have won the league. Um, and it's like, well, I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of happy to go back to a little bit of just enjoying the actual football rather than just the pressure of what are we going to do with this? Of even draws feeling like a heartbreak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, how, how have we done that? I mean, if Blah yeah. wins this game and we don't win that and they get a goal difference, yeah, all the permutations of everything. We're yeah. We're sort of free I think, of all like, that now, aren't we? Exactly. And I think like it was the difference last week with the 2-2 draw at Brentford. You know, if that had been last season, we'd have all been like, shit, we've dropped two points. Already we're behind. Da-da-da. Um, I was well happy with that result because I was like, even in the first 10 minutes, I've seen, I've enjoyed this first 10 minutes more than I enjoyed the whole of last season. So, you know, I was fine with, fine with the draw. And I think everyone has, we've all just kind of, I think, tempered our expectations a little bit with, you know, we realised that with Ange, you're going to get a few rocky results at the beginning. Um, I think we were all kind of going into that with our eyes fully open, going, look, not, no, no, no one's expecting us to hit the ground running here. This is a massively different system from what we've been playing. But just the fact that we've been given a bit of direction and a bit of hope and, you know, this is what we're trying to do and you can see what he's trying to do, it makes it so much easier to get behind that and not, you know, get yourself in a doom spiral when we drop two points, I suppose. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is, I mean, let's, let's just get on to him because this is in no part down to Ange Postacoglu and the work he's done already at Spurs. Um, are you yeah. are you shocked by how quickly we just look like a completely different football team? Yeah, I, I think I thought it would definitely be shakier. I mean, it's hard to say after two games. Um, you, you don't know. Maybe maybe the shakiness is still to come. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did. I didn't expect us to kind of 
already be playing as, as exciting as we were. I did have a feeling we could do something against Man U. Um, I was saying that kind of all morning on Saturday. I thought, like, I don't know why I feel positive about this game. I think it's more actually the fact that I just don't really rate Man U that much. I know the, the kind of sky and that seem to want to really very much keep them back in that sort of title contender conversation. But... I just, I just don't think they're that. I just don't think they're that much better than us, to be honest. Mate, just to jump in on that, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my armchair fan view on that one. If you'd have heard the way Roy Keane, in particular, I mean Gary Neville was doing his usual kind of thing, and some people don't find it that bad. I still find Gary Neville to have this weird <laughs> air of just. Tottenham should know their place and should be happy. Whenever he talks about yeah. us, he'll give us this pat on the head. Oh, they play quite nice football nowadays, Spurs, or something like that. But it's always underpinned with this idea of there being a natural order of things and that Tottenham should just know their place within that. Roy yeah. Keane, at halftime, mate, honestly, I was so rattled. I was so triggered by <laughs> how he was talking. And I know that's probably what he's there for. And I know when... People call up TalkSport and get all angry and people say, don't engage with it. That's why it's there. But, you know, the reason why these things make loads of money, the reason why these things exist is because we're mm. we're primitive beings and things annoy us, right? They just do, yep. even though our rational brain says that they shouldn't. And Roy Keane, there's all this Tottenham are there for the taking. Look how arrogantly Tottenham are playing. They think they can come at Man United and play like this. And, blah, blah. and I sat there, like you are saying, thinking... What are you on about? <laughs> how how long has it been since if we're talking about elite clubs, how yeah. long has it been since they've been relevant? We've been more relevant more recently than they have in that conversation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They've I mean it is that, that that's you can see there that, you know, like Neville and King, they're still very much in the that Fergie lads, it's Tottenham mentality, yeah. aren't they? It's like they just haven't moved on from that. It's like, no, lads, it's Tottenham. And now it's a bit like, well, actually, lads, it's Man United. You right. can, you know, that, that they've lost that aura that they had under Fergie of, you know, where you really did fear playing them and you knew that, you know, no matter what, they were probably going to do you. Um, just, I don't, yeah, I just don't feel that. And, you know, that's not that's not me being arrogant as a Tottenham fan um, because there are teams that I do fear. I tell you what, I will fear Arsenal when we play them this season. I fear Man City. I, I fear Newcastle. But I just, even Liverpool more so. I know they're awful this season, but they do seem to be a real bogey team for us. But, yeah, I just had a feeling that, that United, they wouldn't they wouldn't be expecting what, what we were going to do. And I just felt like, you know, they're not there yet and we could get something from this. And, yeah, thank, thank God we did. But yeah, it's. I mean, I it, it it has been better better than I expected. Um, I don't know if that's just a sign of how how absolutely dreadful we have been. Um, but I think that's doing Andy a bit of disservice actually, because I think he's yeah he's clearly had a very big impact on these guys very quickly. He's gone in there, he's looked at what he's got, and he's you know actually done something with it, which is you know. What they're paid to do, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? Isn't isn't that isn't actually that, doing his job? <laughs> what a thought! What a thought! As opposed to just sitting there slagging the club off at every possible yeah. opportunity. And to be fair, you know, you can tell he, he gets a bit prickly. I don't know if you saw on uh, on Sky and all the post match stuff. I can't, I can't remember what it was. You, you know, the who's the one of the anchors? He's kind of like a Sky Sports is Jake Humphreys in a way. I never know what his name is. He's just a real no. like milk toast generic yeah. kind of dude that I, I, I can kind of see his face yeah. in my head but you're right I don't know what his name is he said he said something to Ange like in the post-match thing kind of you know are oh, you 
playing, what was it you saying? You know, do you make certain decisions? I think it was about Richarlison, like, you know, is it, is it factored into your decision how much the club has spent on him that means you have to keep playing him? Kind of, do you know what I mean? Just, just yeah. trying to be a bit twatty and like, Dig it in. Trying to get a bit of Levy hate out there. Yeah, and Ange <laughs> immediately just like looks at him and goes, I picked the team, mate. Do you know what I mean? He just said it straight away. Yeah. You know? And you're like, I love he, it. he doesn't suffer fools, does he? And Mm-mm. this is what I'd heard. I, I don't know if you've um, seen it. There's quite a, this is, it did lead to his reputation in Australia at first being in tatters. But when he was the, I think he was like the Aussie under 23 coach or something. It was one of his first big jobs. This is you know, 20 odd years ago now. And I think they got knocked out of like the, I can't remember, whatever World Cup it was for their age group. He ended up getting into like this big Barney on live TV with um, with one of Australia's kind of big sports hosts kind of things. So he was saying to him like, you know, you're clearly not very good at your job, blah, 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 all this type of stuff. And Andrew was like, going potty at him and that that's kind of why he was he was seen as a bit of a joke in even Australia mm. for 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 a while at first um and but you can still see that I mean I'm sure he's learned from that experience you can watch the whole thing mm. on YouTube and it, it it's not really quite as sensational as it's as is made out as maybe I've even made out there but <laughs> you can still see what he's got in there is this kind of this sort of sense of backing himself and it's not yeah. it's not in an arrogant way but you can tell he knows he's not only good at what he does, but he knows exactly what he wants to achieve and how he's going to achieve that. And yeah, I, I it is quite exciting. It just is quite exciting to see his 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 pattern to this point of what he does with clubs of taking generally an underdog club who has mm. some potential but still an underdog nonetheless who the knives are generally out for and getting success from them. I mean, Celtic mm. is kind of the curveball in this because people are always going to say, well, Celtic are the only decent team in that league. But they hadn't won the league the year before. They they were in a bit of a a, a dull moment, should we say. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? The scale with Rangers and Celtic in Scotland, yeah. is, the perspective is completely skewed. But... By their own standards, they were not in a good place. And then he's turned them around to go and win the treble. Or was it... I mean, did he even do back-to-back trebles? No, I don't think he did back-to-back trebles with them, but he won a treble with them, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... You can... Like you say, you can you can see the pattern there. And, again, I can't remember um, what interview this was. I think my husband just showed it to me on Twitter when, again, they were asking him, like, about how he how he comes in and how he's playing and again I think it was that you know like are you looking at kind of different games and, and how you approach them and um you know wanting to play like the Tottenham way and stuff like that and he was very much like this no this this is how I play this is I, I don't know any other way so he very he's very much kind of wedded to that philosophy but that is that's a marriage made in heaven for Tottenham because it's Actually, it's also our way. Not that you would have known it for the last few years, but it is our way. Um, and I think now you see that coming together, it just feels so right. And it makes you realise just how wrong the last three managers have been for us. Um, just every, everything about him. I think the way yeah, the way he carries himself, the way he speaks. I love the fact that he is so straight talking. Um, I know, obviously, there is a, a, a bit there around the fact that 
you know it is it's easier when english is your first language to be able to kind of respond quickly and you know not be sometimes searching for the right words etc but uh, yeah i just love everything i've seen from him so far i like the way that he speaks to the players just you know that whole piece where he announced son as the captain um he just he really seems to get people i think that's the biggest thing for me is he seems super perceptive about you know he's gone in he's looked at that group he's identified the characters I think he picked exactly the right people for captain and vice captain um but it's even little things like my husband pointed out as, as well when we were watching that um piece where he got where he got son up as, as the captain just a little bit where Sonny kind of does his little speech and he goes to sit down again and Anne's just motions to him no no stay up here with me you can see he's kind of developing those he's developing those behaviours in them and it's just a completely different approach to what we've had probably since he sh who shall not be named yes it's um, Voldemort yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's okay because we've got a new dad now so <laughs> like, I mean yeah I, I just think he's great I do I, I you know like we're saying I like him as a bloke I, the football is I mean that that t to be honest, what I am just drunk on most at the moment is just actually watching. Uh, uh, number one, being excited to watch Spurs games again because, like you say, yeah. you know, Man United's not been a happy hunting ground for us, either home, either home or away. No, they were the only team. Well, them and Liverpool are the only teams that have Premier League teams thus far who have played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, if you like. Um, and not lost until this weekend. So we've only got Liverpool on yeah. that hit list so now. Um, but even even with that in mind, I was quite excited to to see what we could do against a better team. Because, all right, we got yeah. a draw at Brentford, but that's still a good result as far as I'm concerned. Brentford is, mm. you know, the old cliche, tricky place to go. Yeah, they barely dropped any points at home last season. Right. And especially against, I think, against top six teams as well. They yeah. have a remarkable record. Um, so we, we, we went there and I was thinking like, you know what? A team that plays a bit more open, like Manchester United do, like we saw them against mm. Wolves. I did go into that thinking, I reckon we can get at these. And like you say, even even Arsenal now, I mean, it's, it's, it's never a particularly nice game. But I'm also now thinking, let's fucking have it. Let's let's have a go. Yeah, at them, let's have know? a go. Because <laughs> that that last North London derby, the last one at home under Conte, was the most oh. despicable like performance I've seen us put in against them in a very yeah. very long time. You know, yeah. I, just, I, I was at that one, and I just remember being sat there at the end of the game, the like their kind of chance ringing out. You know. Tottenham Hotspur, you'll always be shit, just kind of ringing around the ground, seeing them delighted, having absolutely bossed us, and us not even put up a fight. Games like that, I mean, I don't want to revisit that one too much, but games like AC Milan, the Champions League game at home, yeah. we're, we're, we're losing 1-0, and he makes a defensive substitution, takes off Kulisevsky and puts on mm. Davinson Sanchez. Things like that, when I'm just like, what are we doing? But now, we yeah. go into games, and lo and behold... We actually try and attack the opposition. We try and score a goal first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? You know? Who'd have thought that might be a, a route to not only entertaining football, but actually winning games as well. I, I, yeah. It's madness, isn't it? It's madness. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
obviously like the atmosphere we saw like the the big tifo um welcome to n17 well done thfc flags that's you know still doing some some sterling work there um nice welcome for Ange. the atmosphere sounded good you know good from the from the telly everybody who, who was there says it was absolutely rocking inside the stadium it was great yeah i do feel like we got a sort of nod to the fact though that it could have gone very differently um mm. going into the game obviously we've spoken about the sort of the sale of harry kane his face is still painted on the side of a of a building going up towards the stadium yeah. it remains to be seen if that's going to stay up it's interesting i saw some people you know some interesting debate on that on on uh, on Twitter um, for mm. once actually there can be still some interesting debate on there that <laughs> you know people saying why have we done this before he's retired I would understand if Harry Kane had left us retired and then we went and painted that because he's our record goal scorer yeah. but it feels weird having now a Bayern Munich yeah. player on the on the on the way up to our ground um, it's it's tough isn't it it's either way because Kane is always going to be a historical figure for the club but, exactly you but, know he is part of the history now it's one of those where it's it's weird because he's he's become part of the history, but actually still at his peak. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, it's not it isn't a it's not a Gareth Bale or a no. you know Van der Vaart or whatever. As much as they you know love those players, you know he is he has he is now the top. You know he's broken the all time goal scoring record. And but yeah, I think it it probably depends what ha- what ha- what he does after Munich. I think as to whether we want to leave that up there or not. <laughs> Right, and so we've got that yeah. kind of, we've got all that stuff swirling around. And then obviously the increase in ticket prices. So we've 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 mm-hmm. had the protest organised by the Trust, and then there's the Purple and Gold movement who are doing their own uh, protests on the high road. And I know there's been some issues between the two groups and all this type of stuff, whatever, so that's kind of how it goes. But what we, what we know is that there's still a large contingent of the fan base who are not happy, who are probably on some level quite angry that Tottenham have started the season really well and that it means that the yeah. movements won't grow. Did did you see much of the protest before the game or were you just down no, the pub I looking didn't. forward to the football yeah. like a lot of people were? <laughs> yeah, I, miss, I missed it because I was drinking on the high road. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair though, I, I would have liked to go actually because I think I've, I'm completely on board with what they're doing. Um, I think... You know, there's a actually it was really good. Um, I listened to the fighting podcast, uh, fighting cock podcast that they did, um, sort of a couple of days ago with, with and Fuller and Cat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think anyone who, who kind of wants to to hear the whole thing, listen to that because I think it summed it up so well. And I, I agreed absolutely with kind of everything they said, from you know the whole approach to the pricing down to the club's communications. All I thought they absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, absolutely would have you know would have been happy to be there and lend my support. I'm just not organised enough. <laughs> So no, I I did miss all of that, but I think um you know I I also think it's good that they you know the way they kind of divided it up because I, I know exactly what you're saying about how it could have gone the other way and I'm, I'm a little bit one of those who's who's a little bit kind of on the fence as I I absolutely obviously absolutely loved Saturday I I am I am one of those that just think when you're in the ground when the game is on you've just got to support the team it's not helpful I don't think during games um. To, to, to be kind of protesting and that kind of thing but also understand you know we've only got limited ca- you know capacity to be heard by the powers that be um but yeah one thing I did sort of say after the game is I really hope Daniel Levy's not sitting there giving himself a pat on the back about what a great job he's done because this is down to Ange this isn't down to you 
That's all I will say. It's, I mean, it's... It's difficult, isn't it? These yeah. kind of situations, because... Like you say, there is there are legitimate concerns with the direction of the club, with everything that's going. We, you and I, mm. have spoken about that previously on the podcast. Yeah. But also, one thing I always sort of you know opine about on the usually when I'm waffling after games and stuff like that on here, is that really when all is said and done, is that through our working week, through our lives, there's a lot of stuff that we're having to contend with: the misery on mm. the news, the annoying people at work, the this, the that, the whatever. That when it does get to the weekend, when it gets to the football, if if it can provide us with that escape, if it just gives us that window of kind of joy, then why not just go with that? I I, I don't not why yeah. not. I mean, I'm not saying about anybody who who is protesting. Fair play to you. I'm not casting any judgment on that. And I do think you know what you're doing for the most part is good. Um, I mean, I think there are some questionable ways at times especially on twitter that anti levy enix sentiment is vocalized or you know the messages that are put out there are sometimes a bit a bit iffy but at the heart of it there's people who are unhappy with the the direction of the club and i share a lot of those sentiments however you know people just want to go have a drink catch up with their mates watch spurs beat manchester united 2-0 and enjoy Eve Basuma running riot. You know, it, it's exactly. It's, it's, it's been difficult. a heavy few years, it has, and you know? I think. But the, I suppose, I guess, the one thing, one thing I would say is that you know, actually, you know, if you take the almost the kind of Levy out stuff out of it completely, um, I think it. I think it is really important that that, and, and it's not just our club. Actually, it's it's all the you know supporters trust etc. that are getting together and and protesting the ticket prices because actually, you know as much as we say we all want to go and enjoy the football and it is our escape well if we're all priced out of the game we can't we're not going to be able to do that and it is worrying how you know how fast those prices are escalating and how easily you know it's that it's that thing isn't it it's like oh well, I'm all right now but actually at what point am I going to get priced out of this and I think you know you need you need some of those people who are kind of willing to put that, who could be a bit stronger maybe than, than me who wants to go and have my cider and, and get into the ground and just sing about Ange. Um, but I, I think you know, actually that that issue taking that one in and of itself, I think it's really really important that people continue to kind of flag that and protest that because otherwise we're going to have our game taken away from us. And well, we don't want that. I mean, I mean, and this is one of the the points that Cat and Anthula made very well on the, on the Fighting Cock podcast. It's definitely worth listening to. Go, go, I think Stop Pricing Out Loyalty or Stop Pricing Our Loyalty. Yeah. The name of the pod, but you, you know, everyone who listens to this probably listens to Fighting Cock. Um, it's the fact that we're not stopping to consider the fact that, so, you know, like, like I've, you know, so I'm 38 years old now, right? I'm 38. And I'm, when I first started going to Spurs, like, not like with my dad's, like when I started going after that sort of, you know, my you know, late yeah. teens, early 20s, you could get a ticket in Park Lane for 30 quid. Do you know mm. what I mean? Which was still pretty expensive, but I think, I still think even proportionately speaking, it wasn't like the prices are now. You know, it, no. was, it was one of those things that my week, my sort of my weekend job, my part-time job that I had alongside college, I could still pay to go and watch Spurs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that was all right. I do think about now, a 17, 18, anyone even in their early to mid-20s, yeah. 
looking at like that Man United game, thinking, Oof, average price of a ticket for this one's 75, 80 pounds. What? Yeah. How has it suddenly gotten to that? Do you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and uh, as I was saying to Phil, who's often on this pod, does the Thursday pod with me as well. You know, I'm 38, he's 40. The, the mad thing that's starting to happen now is when I go to the ground, I'm looking around and I'm like, other than the kids that are with their parents, like the little, like the little ones, mm. I'm one of the younger faces still in the, yeah. in the ground here, which it yeah. shouldn't really be that way. Do you know what no. I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's, so that lack of the club thinking about the fans of tomorrow, you know. Exactly. It's like, I, I, I get the thing, you know, about, and that was, um, you know, again, I thought quite, quite telling what Kat said about how, you know, the club has essentially said, well, in so many words, all old people have loads of money. Um, well. They don't. Know, <laughs> well, there's the, A, there's that, but also none of us live forever, do we? So there will come a time no. when those people are not there anymore. And you, yeah, it's just, um, it's the, yeah, it's that lack of forward planning again, isn't it? And I, to be honest, I know it's not, it, this is a football-wide problem. It is not just Tottenham, but we are, we are really at the pinnacle of it now yeah. with our, you know, pricing, etc. And it's, it feels like a lack of forward planning even to the idea of, and I'm not just saying, because, you know, I know there's been a lot of, oh, when Son goes, we're not going to have loads of Korean fans, but I don't even mm. think it's on that level. I think, you know, yeah. we've lost... We've lost Kane. We've yeah. look, we don't even need to talk about that. We can just talk about a moment in time when maybe Spurs aren't doing as well. When we don't mm. have that draw of being an exciting team that you know the wheels could still fall off this Ange Postecoglou project, and we could find yeah. ourselves for the next few years, four, five, six years as a mid-table, yeah, kind Drifting of crap again. team. The club clearly are not thinking in that way. I mean, it, it's mm. just all of it is quite dangerous. I mean, look. I wanted to talk about this a bit later on and I, I don't want this to, to seem negative because I, I think it is we're in a good moment on the pitch. We are. But I think it's relevant to talk in tune with this conversation about the 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 direction of the club, the, the kind of the, the sale of Harry Kane and the lack of signings or at least the lack of urgency in making signings after his mm. departure. Um because as, as great as things were, you know, James Madison has apparently left the pitch in on crutches. We don't know how he's going to be getting on. There's still some talk that Basuma and Saar could be heading to the AFCON yeah. um, midway through the season. And then suddenly, dare I say, things will start to look a bit different. Um, are, you, are you concerned by perhaps some whispers that the Kane money was already spent before him going? That, the, that that money isn't there to spend, that we've we've spent it on, you know, Vicario, on Madison, um, on Kulisevsky, on... Who else have we yeah. signed? Yeah. We signed someone else, haven't we? What, who am I forgetting? Oh, <laughs> gosh, you know, I can't even remember now. So it was Feliz, Feliz, is that right? Oh, Mickey van der Ven. There we go, Feliz. Oh, there we go, there's the other one. Just that £50 million pounds so, that we signed. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, because, like... Actually, when you look at that, you think, you know, we have signed quite a few players and there is a bit of that, you know. We all saw what happened with the Magnificent Seven. If you try and bed too many players in at the same time, sometimes it's a bit of a disaster. Um, but, you know, we've also left ourselves, unfortunately, playing catch-up after quite a few years of inaction. We're still trying to, you know, sort of make up for that time when we went for so long without outsiding anyone. Um, so it's not that I'm... I feel like we haven't invested in the team because we have, but it's that whole, 
oh, we need to get players out before we can get players in. It's that same old, it's that same old blimmin' soundbite coming out again, isn't it? If we've got to move players on before we can, you know, get people in. And you think, oh, just, you know, just take a loss on some of them. Just take a loss on some of them. Like Dombele, just cancel his bloody contract, please. Like, just get over it. Some of, you know, we've just got to accept we're not going to make money back on some of these people. It's fine. But also, I think... I saw on, on Twitter, again, this is off Twitter, so it might be utter rubbish, someone saying our net spend this summer is, is 55 million with, you know, the cane outgoings or whatever. And you think, ninth richest club in the world? We, we, can't, we can't afford more than that, can't we? I don't want to be a, you know, city spending however much every, every window and, and don't want to sound spoiled, but I think it, it comes down to, it comes back to the same thing, I think. Less so than the spending, it's the urgency and the faffing about that we still seem to be doing. I mean, clearly there was faffing about with the cane transfer because as much as, you know, I understand why it's happened and, you know, it, it is what it is and we, and we move on. Two days before the season starts, not the best timing, mm. you know. It's just, it's classic us, isn't it, really? It's the same pattern that sort of emerges of just just not being decisive but at the same time you know we've also got a two uh, you know a few players who've come in who were being well chronically underutilized clearly by Conte who are I'll trot out the old cliche it's like having a new signing yeah right <laughs> you know likes of Basuma likes are you know these players that just weren't getting a sniff under Conte um it it feels a much fresher squad I suppose than the number of signings we've actually made this summer. Um, yeah, I don't know whether that's in Angie's head at all, you know, that he's actually not wanting to kind of change too much too quickly in terms of the personnel. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's... Ironically, now it's that forward line where the where my concern is a little bit. Well, I, t- I tell you what, let's... let's... Let's go into some of the stuff, Chris. We, you know, we can talk about all this, but things can change very quickly. We might bring in Gift or Ban in the next few days, yeah. and then we're suddenly like, right, this is all fine. I mean, but, that'd be perfect. But, but like you say, I mean, it, it feels like the cliche, but Eve Basuma genuinely has been like a new signing this, this yeah. summer. I mean, we've seen Declan Rice go for 100 million, Moises Casida go for 110 million pounds. Yves Basuma, it feels like an £100 million signing for us if we're talking about those two yeah. being priced at that. The lad is absolutely sensational. What like? I'm just going to put it to you, Laura. What was Antonio Conte thinking? Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
God knows. Honestly, <laughs> I just, I, I genuinely just don't. I don't know what that man was thinking about anything, to be honest. Um, yeah, he he is that kind of Dembele two point that we've right. been looking for, isn't he? And or, and so you say it well. quietly, got, don't you? you know, but you like, yeah. I mean. He, he, he he doesn't seem to you know what is it? He's press resistant. I think is the term now. Mm. Basically, doesn't get tackled very easily. He manages to tackle other players like effortlessly. But then when he's on the ball, he's this creative, technically astute, perfect reader of the game. Like he just he seems to have mm. the lot. He seems absolutely and he's loving it. You can tell he's absolutely yeah. loving it, right? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you can see it with all of them. It's just like they've. Like us, it looks like they all look like a weight's kind of lifted off their off their shoulders. But yeah, the fact that we've been crying out for the kind of Dembele replacement for four years and we've had one just sat on the bench all of last year, sort of thing. Oh Lord! But um, no, I, I thought he was he was fantastic on on Saturday. As was Saar. That I thought they yeah. they were both great, both really really good. It was a complete performance from Saar, wasn't it? Twenty years yeah. old and doing that. Absolutely brilliant. Although I did miss his goal because I was, again, still drinking in the bar. I sound, sound a bit like an alcoholic. I promise I'm not. Um, it was very, also very, very hot in the East Stand. Um, East Upper was a bit like watching it from the surface of the sun in the first half. So I was taking a bit of time to cool down and then, yeah, miss the goal. But I did see it on the TV. So, um, but yeah, no, absolutely buzzing for him getting his first goal and he just looked like he was loving it as well. So they they look like they're enjoying themselves, and it just makes it just makes such a huge difference. Because it's mad yeah. with Sarah, isn't it? Because you're thinking he's twenty. It's a nice bit of competition between him and Oliver Skip. They're both sort of young, decent mm. players. Maybe in a couple of years' time he'll be there. But now I'm suddenly like, I mean, if Sar keeps playing like that, we mm. we've been talking all year about. I oh, can't wait for Ben Tanker to get fit, and then he's yeah, to, I'm suddenly like, exactly. I don't know. I mean. He's going to have a fight on his hands if Sars playing like that, really. Yeah, but then I suppose when, like what you're saying about um, African Cup of Nations, yeah, true. True. maybe that's the perfect timing for Benton Kerr to come back then. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was exciting though, I think. just, And I think this is part of the aura of Ange Postacoglu, isn't it? Like empowering mm. not just underdog clubs, but maybe underdog players as well. Players who have something to prove, who feel like they... Well, just that they have a point to prove, and and yeah. empowering them to do that because yeah, I, I'm I, I, genuine. I we 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 sort of talk about like oh, where's the Brighton Basuma gone? And we knew Brighton like Basuma was a great player at Brighton. We were all very excited when we got him for twenty odd million. We thought oh, that's a bit of a steal. He'll be a good player, but I mean, I I was ne- I've, I've never been expecting him to be like quite at the level he's been for these past two games like he's been and and during pre-season as well he's just been he's been like a leader on the pitch but just just so good just so good and it's yeah it is exciting it is exciting to see to see that happen um another player who has taken me by surprise that i think we we should focus on as well is james madison 40 40 million pounds 40 million now with kevin de bruyne out I bet Man City are absolutely kicking themselves that they didn't get him in. Because I was, you know, I was quite kind of sceptical when we were linked with him. When we signed him, I thought, mm. it's a decent enough price, good enough player, bit streaky, 
maybe a bit of a match of the day player. He's he's kind of got some good passes. He's you know he's got that sort of shot on him that we you know we know he can be a tidy player, but whatever. But what I've seen from him already, like I had no idea he because. I always sort of thought he was maybe a bit of an Ericsson type, kind of a bit of a, mm. a Poundland Ericsson, but it seems like he's got the Ericsson attributes, the the being able to pick a pass, the technique to execute a lot of brilliant passes and shots and things like that. But I didn't realise how like fast he was, how good his dribbling yeah. was. He's like, got a bit more energy than Ericsson, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, have you been... Yeah. He, he just he looks like a leader already doesn't he he, he seems to be absolutely uh, yeah. loving spurs as well doesn't he yeah i mean i'll say he's one of those that like it's rare that a player sort of just comes in and slots straight in and they just seem to get it, it, it he's it's got rafa van der Vaart vibes about it i think in terms of the yeah, way he's just come job. in and good he's job. like instantly so like coys and especially after you know there was all those that rubbish that used to circulate around twitter of those you know tweets he did when he was younger slagging spurs off and that and um he has publicly denounced yesterday, hadn't he, on Instagram, the fact that he, he has said it. he was never a gooner. Yeah, so I just go. need to make <laughs> it clear. I was never, I I was always never a gooner. He, I always thought he was a gooner. I always thought he was. So but, did I. Yeah. yeah. But, so did I. So I was so surprised to see how like genuinely buzzing he seemed to be to be at Spurs. I'm like, is is this fake? Or like, I, I don't know. But he seems to, but the fact that he, the fact that he's got that, it means something to come out and say that. Like, it just shows he just gets it. And he speaks so well as well. I think, um, no, I think that was a real touch by by Ange, making him one of the vice captains. Because I think, you know, he, he you can see he's already one of kind of the central characters of that squad. And, yeah, I'm really excited to see what, what he can do with, with us. But like you say, it's that, um, you know, he isn't, he's not Ericsson, but he's that, again, that missing piece of the puzzle that we've been looking for since we since we lost Ericsson. We just we just haven't had that, really, have we, since he went? No, because I've always thought he's a bit of a cocky wanker, if I'm being honest, like James Madison. You know, he seems <laughs> like really arrogant. I loved it when we, you know, when we had Stevie Bergvine's Phoenix from the Flames winner against yeah. Leicester City and you saw him... Well, Brentford didn't seem to like him very much. No, <laughs> you basically see him crying on screen, you know, I was sort of retweeting it with all the needles, emojis and all that type of thing. But suddenly you're like that kind of cockiness, though, because I do I do think he's quite cocky. I do think he's quite arrogant because you know yeah. he's he's a good player. He's a handsome lad. You can tell he's kind of you know he's got good chat, all these sort of things. But then you're suddenly yeah. like, we need a bit of that though, don't we? And the fact he's yeah. he's st- I think we can sort of we can say this of ourselves that we are a step up from Leicester. I know they just won the Premier League and the FA Cup a few years ago, but it, it is still a it is still a step up. Like right? I yeah. think that's just the way of things. And the fact he's clearly like, I belong at this level. I like, I belong yeah. here. And the, he's taken the challenge as well. Again, sort of to, I mean, I probably have to give him royalties. Matt, we keep bringing him up, but Flav keeps saying on the <laughs> fighting cop, he speaks to somebody, you know, when he does all this sky things, fan stuff and things. Mm. He speaks to somebody that I think knows James Madison quite well or whatever and says that Madison is just like, buzzing to be at Tottenham and also yeah. it just says what everyone's thinking you know like like he said in that interview the other day Tottenham have always had a player like me I know they've always had a player like me and that's why yeah. I'm kind of I feel like I'm in the right place here but he's apparently says you know he's he's buzzing because he knows Tottenham are just on the verge they're just mm. on the verge of like doing something and 
he wants to be a part of that and he's and he thinks he can help us like get there you know it, yeah this it, is what we need uh, we just need that again it's that shift in you can see we've now kind of gone from what looked like a real tired kind of beaten down squad who are carrying all that weight of like oh well you bottled this you bottled that you know nearly all of that crap it just it just feels like now we've got a kind of a new just a new wave of energy we've got sort of like fresh young players who they haven't got that kind of weight behind them they haven't got that history behind them yeah. they are genuine genuinely excited to be there genuinely excited to see what they can do under a manager who is also genuinely excited to be here and genuinely excited to see what we can do and I think that you can you can see how that's it's rubbing off on everyone it's rubbing off on the players it's rubbing off on the fans um it's yeah it's it's really nice it's just really nice to have people who actually want to be at our club and um yeah just talk us up a little bit remind us that we're not you know we're not the worst thing in the world well, we're this, actually quite a big football club this is the this is the sort of the awkward conversation this is the conversation that nobody really really wants to have but charlie parish i'm sure other people have but charlie parish's tweet i saw on the weekend that he's he's been getting a bit of agreement with and quite a few pelters for but it did stick out for me and he, he was basically making the point that you know i love hugo i love harry i love the yeah. service that they've given to the club they're two of my all-time favorite players mm-hmm. but i can't help but think they've been a bit over spurs for a while now and yeah, suddenly i saw that so right. yeah suddenly seeing the likes of madison in there suddenly seeing the likes of son empowered to be the captain there's a new energy about the place and it's it's a difficult conversation to have but like you're saying yeah. there you know we've got this guy now someone like madison who's coming out talking about how quality you are we've got sonny coming out this summer when every everyone else is fucking off to saudi arabia to get a million pounds a day or whatever Sonny, no, I'm a Tottenham player. I want to win something with Tottenham. I want to repay Tottenham. I had a bad season last year. Yeah. And this is my club kind of thing. That, And I do love Harry. You know, I, I watched the Bayern Munich game on Friday evening. I've got yeah. to say, I'm one of them. And I was, I, I'm in the camp of, I was happy to see him score. I, yeah. I want him to win the Champions League with Bayern. So do I. You know, I, I want to see him succeed. However, like you're saying, we've got these players now talking about how great we are as a football club. He's a guy that, he hasn't even said anything positive about Tottenham for years now, you know, like mm. other than cookie cutter things. He he was asked, and, and we probably are being a bit sensitive, but still, he was asked in an interview on ESPN the other day, an English interview as well, English language interview. You know, what are you going to miss about England? Not Tottenham, not Tottenham fans, nothing mm. like that. Just the, he gave this like, you know, naff answered the premier league you know of like what it is and how much he loves the premier league blah 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 all that type of stuff and you kind of are like you know that guy was going to be our captain and every time he's asked about his favorite moments and this and that it's always an england moment it'll be his first england goal or the pride of being the england captain and all this and you're suddenly like Mm. you know what mate like I, i love you h but like you owe a lot of that to us as well. <laughs> like you work yeah. hard, you've been a great player, you've been industrious, but also you've got the platform at Tottenham and you've had 30, 50, 60, sometimes 90,000 people all singing your name and giving mm-hmm. you untold adoration. You've got your face painted on the side of a building, you know? 
Like yeah, you and you. He's kind of felt like he's not really. I, I feel like he's taken that for granted a little bit. I do. I do feel that way a bit, and we don't need to focus too much on that or dwell on that too much. But it does just put into stark, like you say, comparison now the way people like Madison, the way people like Sonner talking, Destiny a doggy like Mickey Van der Ven. So many of these yeah. players who are coming in are just talking about the club now as in like, I'm happy to be here and we're going to do something. And you think, yeah. fuck, that's the energy, isn't it? That's what we need. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I just, I can't really cope off Kane. I just, you know, I, I love him. I'm always going to love him provided. He doesn't go and join any of them down the road or whatever. Um, and I think, you know, you could kind of see from his goodbye message, you know, He's got affection for the club. He's got affection for the fans. I think he's another one who's fallen victim to a relationship going sour with the board. Um, and I don't. I think that probably hasn't helped. It's almost similar thing to, to what happened with, with Pochettino, where I think Pochettino went to Chelsea to kind of stick two fingers up at Levy, but actually it's the fans that he's hurting. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really feel so much that way with Kane and I, I did feel like from his you know from his goodbye message and stuff it did seem like it, it was almost he almost looked relieved and I think it kind of made us feel that way a little bit as well it was almost like he had just realized it was the right time to move on and I think you know you can't you, I just I just can't I can't bring myself to be annoyed with Kane I think he's given us you know he gave us nine absolutely fantastic years and he's been through all the shit with us and you know Everyone, you could be the most elite athlete in the world, but we're all human beings. And actually, do you know what? Maybe it's just been too much for him to kind of get that motivation to go again. Maybe mm. he, maybe it is now, you know, he has been the one kind of driving us. And, you know, obviously Son is another level. So that, 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 that man has got loyalty tattooed onto him, I think. I mean, he was the one who signed the contract, wasn't he, when Kane was looking to go to Man City. Um you know, at that, that time when it looked like we were going to lose our best player, he was still happy to kind of commit his, his future to the club. So, but he, you know, he's he's another breed, Sonny. He's just, um, yeah, love him. But yeah, I, I think, I just think it in retrospect, and you know, I'm the one, I'm probably one of the people who was the saddest, didn't want to let Kane go. I saw your you know, video, mate. Like, that was, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch him go. And when you look back, sit back and watch that kind of, journey of his career and how how incredible he was um it's really really hard to let that go and say goodbye to that but I think unfortunately I, I think it was the right right time for him with his with where he was in his mind I think you know it's a real shame because you look at that team now and you think and it is that thing where um it's going to take a while to train our brains out of it because you are so you're so used to seeing Harry Kane there you know it's nine years he's been there nine years you're so used to you know the ball goes there Kane is there it's just getting used to the fact that he's not there anymore and it is that thought that comes into your head of you know every time there's a chance you think oh what Kane would have done with that what Kane would have done with that but at the end of the day if his if his motivation has gone for that and I can un and I can understand that you know no one's got endless motivation then it was the right time for him to go but that's again where I kind of lay lay the blame at um at the hierarchy store to say well you've missed that opportunity there. You've mismanaged that squad over that time and you've allowed that to happen to our best player to a point where he now feels he has to leave to kind of get his motivation back. And actually now you look at it and you think, 
bugger, he's the missing piece. Mm. Do you reckon? <laughs> like, I do wonder, and he probably not admit it to anyone other than Kate, but I wonder if it's just that little bit of him looking at the way we played and the result on the weekend and thinking, oh I shit. Know. Oh shit. I know. Have I fucked this? Like, I know. Have I fucked it's one it? of those where I don't, and I, I don't, I'm never going to be one of those people that sort of sits there and is, <laughs> you know, feeling smug about that because, no. you know, I would, I would take him back. If he came back to me, I would take him back any day. Anytime, I I love him, and I really hope he. Do, I really hope he goes and wins everything at Bayern. I, I you know I hope it does work out for him. I don't. I really don't want anything but the best for him. But it, it is definitely one of those you think shit. But we do have a history of this at Tottenham. We do seem to have that thing of you know it's like we'll suddenly get a really good defence and lose our best striker, yeah. or suddenly it was like when we lost Berbatov and Keane, and yeah. then it was like, I, um, but it's. Yeah, I've actually been actually been a bit of a loser this morning. I've been a bit of a stato, and I I was kind of looking at the stats of our strikers for the last twenty years, and I think we kind of and this kind of I suppose leads into the whole you know questions around Richarlison, and I think looking at this this morning has just really made me realise we have to temper our expectations of him a little bit, you know. Kane is a freak of nature, man. When you look at these stats, you yeah. realise this is not, you know, we've we've become accustomed to this. We think now this is what a striker is. No, this is what Harry Kane is. Like, if you look at the last sort of 20 years, so started with Teddy Sheringham, but it's probably worth noting that, like, these first three, we didn't have Europe during this season. So, like, obviously their, their numbers are going to be slightly less. So you've got sort of Teddy Sheringham, his best season with us, this is second time round. He got 12 Premier League goals, 13 in all competitions. <laughs> Canute, seven goals in the Premier League, 12 in all competitions. Mido, 11 Premier League goals, 11 in all competitions. Then you get into Keane and Berbatov, which I found was quite interesting. I suppose that this was because they did it in the same season. So together it felt like more. But actually both of them, this is in the 2008 season, only got 15 league goals. Um and 23 yeah. yeah and 23 in total but obviously that was very much kind of joint effort between them yeah. Darren Bent I that, that I found quite surprising he got 12 league goals and 17 goals Did they? in 2009 yeah I don't remember him scoring that no, many not at all Maybe um, we're a bit yes. harsh on him. <laughs> yeah, but feel a bit feel a bit mean now. Um, Jermaine Defoe, 18, 18 Premier League goals in his best season, twenty four in total. Peter Crouch, eight league goals, thirteen in total. Pav, ten league goals, fourteen in total. Adebayor, seventeen league goals, eighteen in total in his best season. Then we get into the old Soldado and Janssen era. Um, Bobby got six goals. Um, in the league in his best season, Jesus, 11 in total. Janssen, obviously, was a disaster. Two league goals, six in total. Then you get to Harry Kane. And this is Harry Kane's worst season with us. 17 league goals, 24 goals in total. So Harry Kane's worst season with us is equal to Jermaine Defoe's best season. And he did the best out of all the rest of them. Come back, Harry. Come back, mate. Like, I, know, you know I, mean? I know. Come on, we can still rip look- it up. Surely we can take it some sort of court. You don't want to win the fucking the sausage league. Don't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Come back. Come back to England, mate. You know? Exactly. Watch Dad's Army. You can binge watch all that. Fucking gravy yeah. on everything. Come on. 
Come back home. And that, that worst season as well, that was one of the... Actually, there was two seasons where he scored 24, but it was the two where he missed a massive chunk with injuries um, and still managed to, to, to equal the best of all the rest of our strikers for the last 20 years. His best season, he got 30 league goals, 41 in total. Hell, His average return for a season is 23.3 league goals, 30.5 <laughs> goals in total. What a monster. So I think that's where, you know... If you look back at those stats before that, I'm not looking back and saying all those strikers were shit. Yes, some of them were shit, let's be fair. But, you know, when you're talking about like Keane and Berbatov and, you know, even Adebayor and Defoe. I think when Defoe you look at those numbers, treated. I think a lot of people oh, don't I love Jermaine Defoe. Defoe was quality, man. He was a good We player. should have hung on to him for way longer. Yeah, yeah. Way longer. He played he was like 41, didn't numbers. he? I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. this is, it's an interesting point because Richarlison, he actually, I, I'm not sure which, maybe it was Brazilian media or something. That's usually where he's more candid, I guess, because he's speaking in his, his first language. Um, he said after, I think it's after the United game, um, during training, I've been doing well, scoring goals. I think it's a matter of time for the goals to come. There's a chemistry. Fans have to be a little patient. It's not easy to replace an idol like Harry Kane. The time is normal, like it or not. A match in which I don't score a goal, they're going to miss him. Um, this is a guy who scored two, more than 200 goals for the club. It's taking that as an example, though, and trying to score as many goals as possible in the Tottenham shirt. Tottenham have paid dearly for me, and now it's up to me. I have to do the job. I know my responsibility. I mean, the, the thing about Richarlison is, because I would say probably the only negative of the Manchester United game was him. I thought he was poor. Mm. I, I, I do think he was like, actively poor in that game. Yeah. I don't even think... Like, I mean, he he always works hard, but he just seems to be too much in his own head. He was running down blind alleys. He wasn't yeah. really kind of linking up with anybody particularly well. But I like the guy. I do like I the guy. I really like him. I, I feel like I'm in I'm back in Soldado land with him at the moment. <laughs> no, no. He makes good runs. What is it? We said a Soldado. He, how makes, I he felt. runs the channels well or something. Yeah, <laughs> this is how I felt about Bobby. Honestly, I have never wanted a player to succeed probably more than I wanted Roberto Soldado to succeed. I, I remember being there for that goal he scored against, I think it was Everton. And, when he oh, burst into just, tears. Yeah, I just oh, it was, uh, it was, it was painful watching all that unfold, though, wasn't it? Like seeing it was, what it had done yeah. to the guy, you know. I think the difference with Richarlison is that we know he can do it in the Premier League because we've seen him do it in the Premier League, and it is, you know, again, when you look back at those those stats and the fact that he is trying to replace the club's all time record goal scorer, who is, you know no matter what anyone says he is one of the he's one of the best players in the world that's a that is a lot of pressure on him and he's bound to feel that and I know he's paid a lot of money and and all of that but you know again it's a new system it's a new way of playing he hasn't been in that position for a long time we've we've got to give him we have got to give him a little bit of time and also I think again temper our expectations about you know we're, we're used to Kane scoring basically a goal a game I think his average works out something like 0.9 goals a game or something so he you know he scores almost every game most strikers don't do that you know and I think it's just we've we've got to not expect Richarlison to be Harry Kane I think is the is what I kind of keep having to remind myself I I do think we could do with another option up front because at the moment I think it is very much all on Richarlison and Unfortunately, if you are looking to replace Harry Kane, you can't replace Harry Kane with one person because, like I said, that man is a freak of nature. He is like two players rolled into one. 
So I think if we can get a, you know, Orban or someone like that in, um, having additional options up front so the pressure isn't all on um god i was gonna say soldado then um because <laughs> ah gone back in time um so so the pressure all of that pressure isn't on just for charleston i i do think we i do think we need another forward option and that is that's not me saying i don't think Richarlison's good enough i think we need I, I think that needs to be more than you know we need to have more than one option there but we'll see Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's what have we got? We've got about a week left. Have we got a week? no? About two weeks near enough, haven't we? The transfer mm. window. Yeah. Let's just hope we can do some stuff. But right now, for now, one of the main things is it's just fun to be a Spurs fan again, isn't it, Lara? Like it's, it is. It's fun to have conversations like this that don't feel like yeah. you're pulling teeth. Conversations where you know that you kind of have to touch on things like the the ticket pricing, the mm. the spending, what, whatever. Some of the negatives, but you're like, I almost don't want to do that. I almost don't. No, I don't want to get back. I don't want no. to get, go back down in my pit. I like being out of my pit. Yeah, I just <laughs> like the thought of you know the fact that we might go to Bournemouth and play a game of football again. You know yeah. that we're going to take the game to them. Exactly. That we're going to sort of suddenly think. Right, yeah, we can we can do this, and th- I think the thing that's worth remembering is that we may well go to Bournemouth next weekend and actually lose. We might get too full of mm. ourselves. We might suddenly, you know, a lot of the squad, a lot of young, because this is the flip side, right? We talk about the squad being youthful. We talk about it having a lot of energy, a lot of kind of belief, a lot of arrogance in places. Yeah. And the flip side of that is we can suddenly think, fuck yeah, we beat Man United, and we're going to go yeah. to Bournemouth and fucking slap them about, but. And then end up losing one nil, and all of a sudden being like, "Oh, is that is that it? Is that is that the best of us? Did we just get lucky? A Man United just shit? Did we get away with that penalty with Romero, which we absolutely did, to be fair? But you know, we don't need <laughs> I to talk about so that. Too. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> just gloss over that one. It's um, just karma, in it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Come on, how many times have they gotten that? So I will exactly. never forget. I'll never forget the Pedro Mendes goal ever. No, ever. meaning so, I'm still annoyed about that. <laughs> We're, we're owed about 15,000 good decisions off the back of that one still. So, I mean... Exactly. But even if even if we do go to Bournemouth and lose, I mean, we would I would still say, right, we're in, we've got a guy now in charge who something like that... I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't want us to lose mm. to Bournemouth. All I'm saying no. is a result like that is the sort of thing that I still think this squad will learn from. And Absolutely. we will carry forwards. And I just, I feel, do you know what it is at the moment, mate? I just feel like we are in a no-lose situation with Spurs at the moment. Yeah. Nobody expects anything from us, but we're still good. So yeah, it, it, it all feels like a free hit. That's that's the main thing right now. Unless we get sort of done 5-0 by Arsenal. That's that's not going to be pleasant. But... Well, that's always like the... Um... That one, that one is always big pressure on that, no matter who it is. I Was think. it the sword of? Do they call it the sword of Damocles? Isn't it yeah. the thing that's you hanging over you? Yeah. Don't enjoy. Always remember. I think it was. Yeah, I think it might have been Theo Deloney on the Spurs show. It said that you, you do not enjoy a North London derby. You endure a North London yeah, derby, lovely. and I think that is absolutely spot on. But no, that I, I think you're right there. It's um, if this team is going to make mistakes, they're, they're a young team. They're they're bedding in a new system. You know, like you say, if we do go away and we lose, lose to Bournemouth, we'll learn from that. We have, we, we've got to let these young players make mistakes. And I think that's where having Ange is going to help because 
he's such a calm head compared to what we had before. We're not going to get the histrionics after the game if, you know, the toy's being thrown out of the pram, if something hasn't gone his way or whatever. You know, he he clearly sort of puts his trust in the players and he is I think he I think he's a calming influence. Um and again I, I think I think that's what we need. So yeah, feeling very positive going forward. Not, no expectation. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, we're going to win a trophy, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But I think we are going to enjoy our football again, which is, which is the main thing, really, isn't it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.